Greetings and welcome to Shnayim Mikra, the wonderful podcast series sponsored by the Orthodox Union hosted here at OU.org, where in each podcast we study, analyze, and discuss one of the aliyot of the current week's parashah. My name is Yitzchak Shalom, and I'm honored to be studying parashat B'chukotai, the final parashah in the Sefer Vayikra with you here via this wonderful medium. And in this podcast, we take a look at the third aliyah in Parshat B'chukotai, which is a very famous aliyah, as it includes what is commonly known as the tochecha, or the rebuke, or the reproof, uh, that comprises part of the Brit of Har Sinai. And our aliyah begins at the end of the bracha, and this is based on the Gemara in Megillah, where the ruling is, in mafsikin bivrachot uklalot, we do not interrupt in the middle of the tochecha, and the reason is because we do not want someone to come up and make a bracha on the Sefer Torah when the first thing he's going to read, or the last thing that he's read, is a klala, and therefore we do not make this interruption. As an aside, there is a, an intriguing statement by Abaye there in the Gemara, who says that this rule of not interrupting is limited to our tochecha, but the one in Sefer Tvarim we may interrupt, and the reason that he gives is because Brachotu Kolot Shebesefer Vayikubat Kohanim Moshevi Piha Gvura Amaram. That Moshe said them dictated by God, as opposed to Shemishnei Torah and Sefer Tvarim Moshevi Piha Atzmo Amaran. And what that means is subject for a much much larger discussion, one that does not belong to this forum, but Munyan <coughs> Yaayen. He who is interested should delve further into the problem. In any case, we'll pick up at Pasuk Yod, chapter 26, verse 10. Va'achaltem yashan noshan. And as we saw in the previous aliyah, part of the bracha is that there will be so much bounty that the seasons of harvest and plowing and planting will all blend together. And you will eat very old food, meaning aged food. Yashan nechadash And as the Sforno explains, what that means is that you will be exporting so much that you're going to have to move the the old stuff out in order to make room for the new, because there's going to be so much stuff, but you'll be able to do that because you will be selling a lot. <coughs> Perhaps the greatest bracha is, I will put my presence or my mishkan amongst you. I will not reject you. And we'll see what this is in apposition to we'll read later. I will walk among you and reminiscent, of course, of Gan Eden, and I will be your God, so it's a beautiful, reciprocal relationship, you will be my nation, I will be your God, and the bracha ends, I am Hashem who took you out of there from being slaves, I broke the yokes of your work, and I walked you high, tall, and proud, um, and that is how the bracha ends. Now, the Tocha is, of course, very long. We're not going to read the entire Tocha. You can take a look through it, but I just want to point out several things about this Tocha. First of all, as is the custom, uh, we started in the middle of the Bracha, and we end, and I'll look at the Pasuk at the end, uh, with a Pasuk which is uplifting. Truth to tell, towards the end of the Tocha, quite a number of the Pasukim are uplifting and are, are uh, optimistic and forward-looking uh, in a positive manner. Uh, however, <coughs> It's important to note that there is a widespread custom that, first of all, the Baal Kriya often will get this Aliyah by himself, 
and in some shuls, the custom even is to not call him up, but rather he just takes it by himself. And this is based on all sorts of either emotional or uh, you might call them belief issues about the uh, the connection between your own destiny and what you're reading. In any case, um, that that is the custom, but a far more common custom is that this section of the Aliyah is read quickly and in an undertone. An undertone, the notion being that we really don't want to hear these words. They're very frightening. They're very threatening. Uh, certainly there's room to ask in a community like uh, most of our uh, communities outside of Israel today, where people are not necessarily all that familiar with the meaning of the words, uh, whether or not they're really going to be frightened by hearing Shavati, Go'onus, Chem, etc. And whether it's that important to say it quietly, and there is certainly an argument to say this is words of Torah, and uh, it should be said as loud as anything else. Uh, and the same idea of saying it quickly, which for those of us who are Bali Kriya, especially those of us who are regularly kind of speedy Bali Kriya, sort of a challenge to go even faster, but the idea that, uh, that uh, we sort of want to get past it. Um, however, as I pointed out, in this Tochecha, which the Ramban, in his lengthy development of it, reads as being a prophetic picture of the destruction of Yerushalayim and of the Mikdash by the Babylonians in 586 BCE, and all, all of the uh, persecutions and destructions and, and exiles associated with that time period, uh, as opposed to the Tochecha in, Misht- in Mishnah Torah, which is about the second exile and about the Roman period, uh, that this one is focused on basically one thing. It's focused on a lack of loyalty to the laws that we were just given, specifically relating to the land. And so therefore, later on in the Tochah we read that the land will then get respite, while we are out of the land, from all of the Shemitot that we did not let the land rest. So it will finally get a break. Uh, indeed, in Yirmiyahu, there was an explicit mention that that exile was as a result of our not observing the sanctity of the land, and specifically with regards to Shemitah. Uh, and for that reason, several things are noticeable in this tocha, which are very different than the tocha in Sefer Dvarim. First of all, in this tocha, the people are exiled as a group to another place, and then they come back, as opposed to dispersion. So we are brought to another place, and then we return. The second thing is that as bad as some of the curses here are, including women eating the flesh of their own children, nonetheless, they pale in comparison to the uh, sheer horror of the curses that we find in the Sefer Dvarim. The third difference, which is related to that, is that the Tochachan Sefer Dvarim ends on a very sour note. It goes down and down and down, until finally get to the point of desperation of saying, Baboke Tomar Mitein Erev, in the morning you'll say, I wish it were just as bad as last night, and that evening you'll say, I, just, I wish it was just as bad as this morning. It'll keep getting worse. Until the final thing is an absolute uh, re- uh, regression of Jewish history, uh, or devolution, where we are sold as slaves to Egypt and nobody will buy us. Whereas here, the Tocha ends on a positive note, and it really picks up uh, in Pasuk Membet, V'zacharti Apriti Yaakov, and interesting little midrash about that word Yaakov, I'll share with you in a minute. Famous comment of the, uh, of the Ema Barim Smecha here, that, uh, if the Brit with Yaakov is not enough, Rash says, then the Brit with Yitzchak is enough, and if that's not good enough, I've got the Brit with Avraham, and so the Embanim Smecha adds in, and if that's not enough, I've got a Brit with the land, and that's, that's enough also. 
and um, in Pasuk Mem Dalad and Mem Hay and Mem Bab, which is the end, are all on an upbeat that I will remember you, I'll remember the Brit, I will bring you back, etc. Um, and that, of course, is a challenge for Balkriya to mo- modulate between reading a little bit slower and a little bit louder and going back to the speedy part when it gets, uh, when it gets difficult. Um, in any case, that is a, a critical piece. In Pasuk Mem, uh, Membet, I mentioned Zachatir Priti Yaakov, an interesting midrash about that. Yaakov here is spelled what we refer to as Malay, which is uh, when the matras like, matras like Dionis, or the Amot Kriya, are used, and the word Yaakov is written with a Vav for the vowel O, uh, whereas normally it's written Chaser. There are five places in Tanakh where Yaakov is written with a Vav, and the Midrash points out that there are five places where the name of Eliyahu Hanavi is written Eliyah. Famously, at the end of Malachi, and four other places. So the Midrash claims that Yaakov took the Vav hostage from Eliyahu. Five times Yaakov has a Vav that he stole from Eliyahu. He says, I'm holding this Vav hostage until you come and announce the redemption of my children. A beautiful, beautiful Midrash. In any case, um, one piece that courses throughout this um, this tochecha, and it really reflects a significant piece that courses throughout the end of Sefer Vayikra, is the significance of the number seven. And the truth is that it courses all the way through Sefer Vayikra, because if you take a look, you will see that there are seven days of preparation already in Perak Chet, sorry, Perak Chet, uh, to prepare for the Mishkan, the Shivat Yemeha Miluim, and then there's, of course, Bayom HaShmini. Following that, we have lots of laws of Tumav Tahara, many of which involve a seven-day period, specifically in the case of the Mitzorah, and then, of course, by Yom HaShmini, just like we have by Yom HaShmini for the Mishkan, we have the Yom HaShmini for the Mitzorah. We, of course, have the seven days of preparation, which you know for the Kohen Gadol for Yom HaKippurim, and um, in, in Achrimot, and <clears throat> that's followed in Parshat Emor with a whole series of sevens, of seven different Chagim that are mentioned there, um, which is... Uh, the first day of Pesach, the last day of Pesach, Shavuot, Rosh Hashanah, that's four, Yom Kippur, five, Sukkot, six, and Shemini Yatzeret, which is seven, and many of them have sevens built in, and it culminates, of course, in last week's parasha Bahar, with the introduction of Shemitah, and Yovel, which is seven times seven, and then in the Tochicha here, we read of all sorts of sevens, in which there will be Sheva Al-Chototichem, there will be a a punishment seven times per uh, per what you um, per what you uh, sinned. Uh, there'll be a seven times sevenfold payback, etc. So the number seven seems to course throughout here, and it's another piece that ties this tochecha in with the book of Vayikra. Now, what is the purpose of this tochecha? And with this, I'll end this podcast. The purpose of the tochecha is, as Chazal understand it, and the Rishonim all pick, I'll, I'll uh, continue with this theme is that this is the Brit of Harsinai. And any time you make a Brit, the Brit um, uh, concludes with terms or consequences of fulfillment or non-fulfillment. And so there's a Brit. Here is what the relationship between HaKadosh Baruch and Bnei Israel is supposed to look like. Here is what happens when the Bnei Israel fulfill their side of it. And here is what will happen if they do not fulfill their side of it. And there are all sorts of players in here, including nature, rain, pestilence, animals, etc., and, of course, 
the land itself. The land will not be able to tolerate you. It will spit you out so it can get respite from your ill treatment of the land. And then when it's ready, it will bring you back. That is part of the entire connection here between all of the laws that we read in the second half of Sefer Vayikra and this, and this Torah with which it culminates. Notice the last pasuk, Ela chukim v'mishpatim v'atorot. In other words, not Ela divrei abracha. Not that this is the, rather, this is the signature line on the Brit, which takes us back to something I mentioned in, last, in the last series of podcasts on Parshat Bahar, which is why the entire section, starting with the beginning of Parshat Bahar and ending here and then ending again at the end of Sefer Vayikra, which we'll see in three more podcasts, that, the, um, that ends with the phrase Bahar Sinai. Because this is the Brit of Har Sinai. It includes a relationship between HaKadosh Baruch Hu Israel. It includes a relationship between HaKadosh Baruch Hu Israel and the land. And here are the terms or the consequences of fidelity or lack of fidelity with that Brit. And with that we conclude. We'll pick it up in the next podcast with the fourth Aliyah with the beginning of chapter 27. In the meantime, everybody should have a wonderful day.